Thank you for joining Sumter Chapel's weekly podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and speaks life to your spirit. As always, we pray that this podcast will further God's kingdom by seeing one more made new. Now, let's get started with today's message. All people need motivation of some sort in their life. I think we find this to be true as we reflect upon where we find sources of strength. Where, where do we as people go when things get tough? When difficulty arises and we need to overcome it or when we're looking to accomplish a goal or a task or something that maybe feels beyond us and we need motivation or strength or something to push us through that tough spot or that difficulty I think we agree that we, we all need it and we all look to something or someone as a source of motivation or source of strength. So it's not whether someone has something they think will be a source of strength and sustain them, because they do. They think that thing will or that person will. But it's actually whether that thing or that person can actually sustain them. That's the, the crucial part of this. It's whether someone has a source of strength that will get them through the toughest times in their life or will motivate them through difficulty. And for the most part, for the most part in our lives, the things we count on to be our sources of strength at different times will ultimately fail us in the most difficult of times. They ultimately will not sustain the deepest parts of who we are and our deepest internal struggles during the most difficult seasons of our life, whether it's because of, of you know, true difficulty, going through something that like rocks you or causes you to question even the core beliefs you have, or it's just accomplishing that next goal or that thing that you feel called to accomplish and you get into the difficulty of actually trying to follow through on it, you need something that will get you through that and most of what we tend to rely on just doesn't come through. So some people may look to a career as a source of strength, something that sustains them, but we know people lose their jobs they lose their career they change careers They're, that that's not always a place you can look to for that source of strength material things or money some people depend heavily and rely heavily on this fact that they have a lot or they have a lot of money and that's their nest egg or that's what they fall back on that's kind of their source of strength or it becomes their motivation getting money or getting material things and yet we know that ends up in really a lot of internal emptiness even though they have a lot of external things. Maybe fun or entertainment. We live in a very a culture full of a lot of hype where we, we, we like fun, we like entertainment, we like vacations. We think that those things will help sustain us and can be sources of strength. But ultimately they fall short when it counts the most. Of course, we know of some of the difficult um, things that people rely on, things that cause harm that people begin to rely on as sources of strength, alcohol, drugs, 
food addictions of different kinds where those things begin to, people feel like are going to fulfill them, give them strength to get through whatever it is they're going through and yet they end up ruining their lives. So this, this idea that we need a source of strength to, to motivate us, to move us through the tough times in life is true for us as people. We know this. The problem is, is that so many things we turn to ultimately will crumble under the weight of real life when it comes down to it. See, Scripture teaches us that we were created for a source of strength to, to access a source of strength that goes deeper than anything this world has to offer. That all the things this world has to offer, even other people, can assist or help provide strength, but they ultimately can't be the source of our strength. And this is true if a family is going to make it through a difficult season, and as we're talking about a family of faith, us as believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, if a family of faith is going to make it through difficulty, then we must know where our source of strength comes from. Because difficulty is coming. Difficulty is coming. That's a con consistent factor in life. So what are we looking to to sustain us? We've been in this series talking about family. What up fam? And, and we talk about immediate family and faith family. We're, we're talking about both of those. We're looking to a, a letter, 2 Timothy. Paul wrote this letter to Timothy as he was pastoring in Ephesus. And so 2 Timothy, we're looking to it for principles coming out of the chapters we've been reading that apply generally to the Christian life, but, but I found actually apply really well to the family and to the family of faith. So the first week we looked at genuine faith at the genuine faith that was passed down from Tim, to Timothy from his mother and grandmother, and we were focusing on Mother's Day and how parents pass down genuine faith. Last week, we talked about fighting the right battles because it's not enough to just fight battles. There's a lot of battles you could fight, but it's about fighting the right battles, about willing to fight over the right things, the things that are most important. And, and Paul points out to Timothy that two of those things are purity and truth. And this week, we looked to this letter and looked at what God has to say so that we can remember to know our source of strength, to know where our source of strength comes from. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to read the end of the chapter, 10 through 17, but reference to the entire chapter. So this is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. 
You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. They have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and people to do every good work. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you remind us and teach us to depend on you as our source of strength, to depend on your word and what you have to say is true and who you say we are and who you say we're designed to be. So please, in these moments, speak to us and, and, and remind us that your words are our source of strength, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Paul starts this chapter with this discussion of the last days, if you read it this week. I hope you have been. And, and he starts this discussion of the last days, and he talks about these people who will begin to do ungodly things and he even references to God's people doing ungodly things he says they will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly they will reject the power that could make them like Jesus so there's these last days now in scripture we get con it's, there's several times where people seem to be talking about that they're in the last days but then clearly they're not because we're still around right I mean, is, are today, is today the last days? Sometimes I wonder if Scripture's not as concerned at, at predicting exactly when the last days are coming, that Paul's not necessarily referencing the last days in that sense, but that the Scriptures view all of our days as the last days, that, that technically we each only have a limited time on earth. And so as we're in this time period, where we know our life is coming to an end at some point, and yes, the world will be ending at some point. I wonder if Scripture is trying to emphasize that when we get into those kind of crucible situations, these difficulties of life, that we can choose to either run to things to be our source of strength that are not good for us, that harm us and harm others, and that cause us to do evil things, or we can run to what God created us for, who, what he created to be our source of strength, that we might reflect him to the world. This passage where he says they will act religious, but reject the power that could make them godly. Act religious, but reject the power that could make them godly. What power? What power? What source of strength? What power can someone access that can make them godly? Meaning, what power can give them the ability to fight sin and evil? Sin in their own life and sin in this world that comes out of this world, the evils of this world, the things that make us ungodly. What, what power, where does that power, that source of strength come from to fight those things in our life, to fight through the difficulties of life? Well, Scripture actually says it's Scripture this passage actually says scripture is what makes us godly prepares and equips us corrects and teach uh, teaches us makes us 
like Christ, gives us the faith to believe in Jesus and then makes us like him. And so it's knowing Scripture, knowing what God has to say, that is our greatest source of strength. And yet we know statistically in the church today in America, because of a, a group called Barna that does, that does extensive research in statistics, um, especially in the church world in America, we know that we are the most biblically illiterate generation that has, um, has claimed the title Christianity in America. It means we don't know what God has to say. Biblically illiterate generation, what does that mean? It means we don't know what God has to say. Maybe we haven't studied it ourselves. You may generally have an idea about Jesus and faith and the scriptures and some of the kids' stories that you've heard, but do you know what the scriptures have to say? Do you know what God's word has to say? Do you know what he says is true and about this world, about this, the place we live? Do you, do you know what he says to be true about you? That has to change. We've got to change this illiteracy, this fact that we don't know what God has to say. And we have an opportunity to. I've been giving out and giving out to most of you on our team the book Long Story Short. It gives you a great overview of Scripture, the biblical narrative. Read it. Read it this summer. Get to know the Bible from a big picture of you, the forest view, but then get to know the trees. It's one of the reasons why we encourage reading a chapter every week, that you would read a chapter of the Bible or a section of the Bible that we um, go ahead and let you know what it should be, what, what we'll be discussing the coming Sunday, and read that passage all week long leading up to that Sunday when we gather. Why? Well, partly because then you would have read it, so when you come, you're not surprised at what's being talked about because God has probably already been speaking to you through that passage, even before you come gather with other believers to talk about that passage. But also because as you read that passage, as many times as you can during a week, once a day, twice a day, three times a day, a couple times during your week, but if you can get up to where you're reading it, at least every day, if not multiple times a day, think, think about how God's word, that, that passage of scripture will have washed over you and really will have been implanted into you, that you'll see things in it as you read it multiple times that you wouldn't have seen by just reading it once or skimming it once. That God will begin to speak deeply to you. You'll begin to internalize God's word. You'll begin to know what God has to say. Don't rely on me and, and just my teaching of it each week or whoever stands here before us on a Sunday morning and teaches. Don't rely on others. But you know God's word. As I say, because why? Why do you need to know it? Why do you need to know what God has to say? Because your ability to handle difficulty in life depends on it. Know your source of strength. What God has to say is your source of strength. You need to know it. I um, am not good at Bible memorization. When I think about knowing God's word, I grew up in a tradition where there was a lot of Bible memorization, and it's a really great practice. And I'm just not good at memorizing things, period. It's why I wasn't, wasn't any good at geometry or most of the sciences in school because it's just not me. I'm I, I don't remember formulas or I, I don't memorize and regurgitate well, but 
I can know things deeply. I can know stories and truths deeply. And so I'm, I actually may not be able to get you to an exact verse and chapter all the time when it's something related to the Bible. I know a good bit of them because I've been in the Bible a lot at this point. And so I just, out of just habit of being in the Bible, I know verses and chapters of where things are. But a lot of the times, I may not be able to get you to it, but I can get you to the truth of it. And eventually I can find it because of that. Because I've found that I, I am good at internalizing these stories. I think most of us are. I think humans, we were created to internalize these truths, these stories, what God has to say about us. That's why for most of human existence, we were oral cultures. We shared the words, the very words of God that he had spoken to mankind, to us. See, Jesus is right and I've discovered that he's right when he says that what's in your heart, what's in your soul, what you've internalized will eventually come out. And so if it's the, the cultural things, then those will come out. And I, I learned that lesson as a late teen and in my early 20s, I started to notice that the, the things and the music I was listening to or the movies, though, the things my, my friends were saying that they were just passing on from culture, those things were beginning to come out. I was beginning to view people through those lenses and talk like that and think like that. And I was doing harm to myself, to others. And it wasn't until I took seriously the influence of these things on my thoughts and actions and perceptions of others that I realized I had to start internalizing what God had to say was true. What God says is true about this world and about me. Who he designed me to be, who he designed us to be as a family of faith. Uh, actually, the, the person who helped found the publisher who publishes book that I've given to you, Seabed, his name's J.D. Walt, he has influenced me a ton. And um, he shares a story where it relates to Jesus' baptism and the words God spoke at Jesus' baptism. See, at Jesus' baptism, he'd been alive 30-something years at this point. He was about to start ministry, but he had not accomplished anything on earth of significance in his role as Messiah. So he had, he had he'd been the Son of God on earth, but he'd yet to like, accomplish what God had called him to, and he hadn't even done one thing yet. And he went to the river to get baptized by John the Baptist. And so he's baptized by John the Baptist as, a, as kind of a symbol of the beginning of his ministry. And, and it says as he comes out of the water, the voice of God is heard by the people. And this is what God says over Jesus. He says, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Now think about that. God's words in that moment, before Jesus had accomplished one thing, on behalf of us to save us. Before he had accomplished one thing as Messiah, before he had healed anyone or walked on the water or turned water into wine or spoken truth to the woman at the well, saved the woman from the death penalty who was caught in adultery, before he had done one thing of eternal significance ultimately as Messiah, in his role as Messiah, God was saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. God's words 
or his source of strength. And he would go into the desert and overcome all of the temptations of Satan himself as a human, as a man, Jesus the man, through the power of the divine, of the, of the very words of God spoken, would overcome sin and Satan and evil. He knew the source of strength for humanity, for us. Jesus did. Do we? Do you? Do you know that source of strength? As I said, J.D. Walt shares that story because he actually he says that each time he gets into the shower in the morning, the water's running, and it reminds him of baptism, the water rushing over him, and he actually says those words to himself. Each morning he reminds himself as a son or a daughter of God, you are my son, my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. That's your source of strength as you face the day. What God says is true and right and holy and pure and good. What God says is true about this world. Even the difficulties, even the things that God says, that's wrong, the better way is this way. Those become our source of strength to fight against the evils of this world, to fight against the lies of Satan, the things that will actually, they may look good, but they actually end up leading to death, not life. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in this world, we can't see the light through the darkness, and we need to hear from God. We need to know the Word of God. We need to know our source of strength when we get into those times. So what are you relying on to be your source of strength? It's not that you can't have people who help you through difficult times. You need people in your life to do that. It's not that you can't have a vacation or entertainment or something help bring a jolt or a motivation to you. It's not, it's not that you can't find a career that motivates you and excites you and gets you to, to do wonderful things in the world. None of that is bad, but none of that is the deepest source of strength that you need. God's word is that. What God has to say, what, what he says is true about you and about this world is, is the very power of God to make you godly or like Jesus. God's word, scripture, the inspiration of scripture, what God says is his very power, the spoken word that creates is the very power you need, the source of strength you need to fight the evils of this world, the persecution of this world, Paul says. Remember in that passage we read, he says, I, I've been persecuted. You know how much I've been persecuted and that all godly people will be persecuted. And we know our brothers and sisters around the world are being persecuted right now, even on Sunday mornings. And their source of strength is not their freedom that the government gives us, too many times as Christians in America, I think we, we think that that freedom is our source of strength. Their source of strength is not some sort of achievement. or Those things will come. You know, God's going to do things in our midst and through us in this community. He's going to. God, God's spirit works in those ways. He'll bring people out of addiction, bring people out of broken relationships. He will, 
He will heal people and transform lives and turn someone who was headed down one road onto a whole different road and people will look and go, how did that happen? How did that person who was headed that way now start going this way and start loving people and giving to people? God's going to do that. We'll see people come to faith and get baptized and all of that sort of thing. But, But those are the results we're not looking to the fruit to be our we're dependent on that's not what we're looking to for our source of strength we're not looking to the fruit to be our source of strength the fruit comes from that source of strength what god says is true will be there when we need it through the difficult roads ahead of us individually in your family in your immediate family and then in this family of faith as difficulty arises as trials come as we work through the difficulties of ministering to this community that is broken, to broken people, we will find our source of strength in God's word. And what he has to say and what he says is good and pure and true and right. God is looking upon you, he's looking upon us, and he is calling us his beloved, and he is well pleased in us. Will we rely on what he has to say to be the truth? Not our internal dialogue, not what other people are saying. Will you rely on that this morning and this week for his words to be your source of strength? Will you know your source of strength this week? Mm -hmm.